Hello, Winternet. This is ESE Insight Calling. I'm Ewan Spence. And I am Hunter Holmes. And we're having a chat over coffee on the ESC 250. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to our another digital coffee shop emporium experience. I still haven't got a good introduction for that one there. So we sit down with the great and the good from the Eurovision Song Contest world just to find out what's going on. Joining me now from songfestival.be, it's Gunter Ooms. Welcome, Gunter. How are you doing? Well, thank you, Ian. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm doing great. How are you? It's it's really good weekend. We're recording this like Saturday afternoon, which means that you know the Lithuanian national finals are about to start off, even though they were recorded last Tuesday. The air on Saturday, so we're into that point for me where it's like every Saturday night is a Saturday night with shows and national finals and songs and oh, I love this bit. I love this time of year. It's going to be nine weeks of national finals. I know. We, we start with 10,000 songs and at the end of it we're going to have... Um, but those songs are, are never forgotten. Uh, and those songs that also go to Eurovision are never forgotten as well. And that's gonna. That's why I've invited you on here. Because you do this organising with yourself, the team, and the team over at ESC Radio. This little thing called the ESC 250. Yeah, it's uh, it, started out, it started out as a little thing indeed. Uh, so in the beginning it was... It was a very small and there were not not many people voting for the ESC 250. But in the last couple of years, it gained more and more success, which I'm very happy about, of course, uh, because I put a lot of work and effort in it. Uh, and now it's actually like a thing going on, like everybody is waiting for the 31st of September, uh, December uh, to see where their favorites end. And, and, and yeah, and, and every year is a big surprise and every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So we're almost at 10,000 votes. So let's hope in 2022 we can cross that line. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy and I'm very excited to keep doing it. So when was the first one then? In 2008. Oh, hold on. That means Euphoria didn't win then. No, there was, so uh, the year before, in 2011, it was uh, Zelko Joksimovic with uh, Lane Moye was at number one. Good choice, good choice, good choice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, well, from that moment on, it was just euphoria, 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 until the end of time. Be honest, do you like euphoria? Uh, Well, I have a special connection with Laureen, uh, so... um, yeah, I, I kind of do love Euphoria, and I still I still love it, even after all these years, uh, when it plays on the radio, just not like on commercial radio in Belgium or the Netherlands, I, I still get excited, like, oh, they're playing a Eurovision song on national radio. <laughs> so, ESC 250, been running all these years, but it's not always been with songfestival.be, has it? No, uh, that's correct. So it started uh, with the guys from 12points.tv. They started the whole thing. And then in 2017, they asked like the founders of the website, songfestival.be, are you interested to take over? And of course we said yes. <laughs> and from, uh, I've joined the website, um, let me guess, in 2018. And from 2019, I took over like the whole organizing of the ESC 250. So that's my shtick. Let me call it like that. That's my thing. I, I am the one responsible. I don't count all the votes 
personally, but I make sure that they come in right and that they get, uh, that me and ESC radio just work out like the correct top 250. When did you fall in love with Eurovision then? Oh, well, um, I, I remember the first time that I saw Eurovision was in 1998, I guess. Yeah, 1998, because there was this Belgian girl. Uh, she went for, for the French side of Belgium. Her name was Melanie Cole, and she sang uh, Diwi, which came in six, if I'm correct. Uh, and that was the moment, that was the first time that I uh, got in touch with Eurovision. And I was like, hmm, this looks nice. I started watching, started watching. But then uh, in, in a couple of years, I lost track of Eurovision because I had other things on my mind. So Eurovision was not a big part of my life. And then in 2016, I uh, met my husband. <laughs> and he is like a walking encyclopedia of Eurovision. So he knows everything. He knows who came sixth in 1993 and stuff like that. So when the people from songfestival.be asked him, because that's how it started, they asked him to be an editor for the website. And I was like, I want to do that too. That looks fun. So then I, I applied and I just, I just wrote a couple of articles and that's how I rolled into Eurovision. And now we're five years further and i have to say like eurovision is now like a daily dose of my life like i i get i get confronted i not confront uh, like i eurovision is is around me like all day every day because i have one at home that listens to your only to eurovision music he doesn't care what's going on on the radio he just listens to eurovision music watches the videos on youtube and i can tell you i've seen them all <laughs> Everybody has a favorite. What's your second favorite Eurovision song of all time, then? My second favorite Eurovision song is Nadia Blunder from Pernilla Carlson. I don't know. I just, I, I just think it's such a sweet song. I cannot put a finger on it why I love it so much, but I just love the melody. I love her voice. And if I hear that song, it always, it always gets me calm. And what about videos? What's your favorite video? Because they, they tend to be different to the songs. There's some videos that are far better than the song and some songs are far better than the video. So what's your favorite video then? Do you mean like the, the video the music clip video. or you mean the like... The music video. The music video. Well, um, I had a, a very particular taste like in 2021. Uh, there was the video from Roxon Amnesia, which, which really got to me like... I keep playing that in my mind. Like that's the, the video that I remember of all the Eurovision songs. That's the video that stood by me the most. Wow. It's, isn't it wonderful yeah. how <laughs> all these bits of music create different bits of emotion in all of us. Indeed it is. Oh, and and this, of course, cunningly brings us back to the 250 because we decide to rank them as a community in order and go from one to what is it now? 1,650? Yeah, there was, um, if I'm correct, yeah, if I'm correct, there were like almost 1,700 songs that got voted for. So that's almost everything because we are, yeah, there's, I think there's 500 songs that didn't make the list, but the other ones at least gained one point. And every year it's, it's more and more and more because in the beginning there were only like 800 or 900 songs. And now we are at almost double. So, yeah. but it gets more, it gets more difficult to pick 10 
songs out of all of those songs that were in Eurovision. What, given that you're an organizer, do you enter your own ten? Yeah, yeah, we always do that within the website. Yeah, we'd yeah. always do that within the team. Like uh, from the moment that the voting is open, like we know uh, we we are a small website. We are just all volunteers. We don't do this as a as a full time full time day job. We all have our own jobs, so it's just a bunch of people having fun with Eurovision. And from the moment the voting opens, we wait, we think, and then after a while, we just post our uh, our lists in in our in our group chat. And then we see what what we like and what we love. And almost every year it's the same. <laughs> so we have like the couple of guys, a couple of guys in the team who always vote for the same songs. Uh, I tend to change. Like I had, uh, I changed my number one on uh, in comparison to last year. Yeah. What, what were they? Can I ask? Well, uh, last year was uh, Fly on the Wings of Love <laughs> from the Olsen Brothers. Don't ask me why. I just love that song. It's very catchy. First occurrence of the vocoder at Eurovision. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And that was something, yeah, that's something that, that would always stay in my mind. Like he changed his voice with his microphone and I thought that was so cool and so innovative. I was like, oh, I mean, that's The only so person nice. to do anything like that before that in pop music was Cher. Yeah, yeah. So, she yep. still does it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> it is Cher. Of course she still does it. I found a trick. I'm going to keep up with it. <laughs> okay, so it was yeah, Find the Wings of Love. Yep. Yeah, and this year uh, I gave my 12 points to Leila from Hari Matahari. Ah, so, and, and that's not even one that came out this year. Why the switch? Because I uh, I listened to the song more often. It, it, it came up more in my playlist, I guess, and, and it stayed on my mind. And if I had to choose, like, what is my favorite song of Eurovision, then I would have, then I would honestly say Leila. I think that mu the music is so pretty, uh, so beautiful. His voice is so beautiful. If I look at the video, the staging was so beautiful. Maybe it's because of the lights that were behind the guy were from a Belgian uh, firm. So that's why it comes a little bit more to home. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song. Why? I like the lighting rig. <laughs> no, that's fair because there's a love, the, the one that I always remember, Tinkara Kovacs, Round and Round. Not necessarily for the song, but there's a point where you have like five different camera axes going on. You've got the backdrop going one direction. You've got the whirlpool on the floor. You've got the camera zooming mm -hmm. in and then pushing up and it's going around in a dolly. And there's like five different bits of movement at this one bit of song called Round and Round. And I, I look at that screen and I go, that is just fantastic. I, I, I love how, I love to see how, Acts can be better with what they produce on uh, cameras, like how they put it into, uh, like how you see it on the TV. Uh, for the first time this year, I saw Eurovision live. I was, because it was in the Netherlands, so it was yeah. very close to home. So I thought like I have to be there. And then uh, of course you see the show in the, in the venue, but then when you go home, the first thing you do is put on Eurovision again because you want to see how it was broadcasted on TV. And if you can see, if you see how, how it much evolved, how much it evolved in the last couple of years, I'm like, this is just something spectacular. They should get some Oscar or some Grammy or some, some award for it because whatever they, whatever they, whatever they keep doing and keep finding like, like this year with, uh, with Greece, like the, the completely green key. I was so in, in love with the idea, like, oh, that's, 
So 2021 right now, like you can see that they're evolving with the time. And that is something that, that I really love about Eurovision. It's not like the music is staying on the same level and the acts are staying on the same level. Every year it gets better and better and better. So I'm very curious to see what 2022 is going to hold. I mean, so let's have a look at the ESE 50 now because euphoria was still there. I mean, why? If we, if we, if I look at the lists that get published on social media, because we always ask the people like post your list and then you can show to the, to the world what you voted for. And if we see those votes, then you have to next year, take a look and take the time to watch it. And you're going to see what I mean. Um, like a lot of people, they don't put euphoria at number one. Like for a lot of times you can see euphoria, if I'm correct, got 647 times 12 points. Yeah. Or 646 times 12 points. And then the number two, Monoskin, got 617. But if you're going to see to the overall score of Lorene, you're going to see that almost in every list that we got was Euphoria. Either it's one point or two points or three points. But everybody, even the, even the people that were voting for Monoskin, like they had Monoskin at number one, and then they put Euphoria at number two. Yeah. Well, it's... I can tell you in all honesty, like in the beginning when we opened the voting, uh, we got in the first 24 hours, we almost got like half of the votes, like 4,000 votes came in at the first 24 hours. And that's when we posted like, okay, so things are rumbling in the top 250 because then Manaskin was like all the way on top and Euphoria was at number two. And we saw this gap of two of 3,000 points. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to happen. She's not going to make it. She's going to end up in number two. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And then further the, the progress of the voting, you saw that every time Manuskin was dropping the, the lead, and then at one point there was only a two-point window, and I was like, okay, so what's happening? And when the next time we refreshed, it was Lorene back again. So I think the point why Lorene keeps winning is because people keep voting for it. Like a lot of people go like, ah, Lorene shouldn't win again. Well... I'm not, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but as long as you keep giving her one point, two points or whatever, she's going to end up on top because from the 8,000 lists that we got, well, I think she ended up at at least 7,000 of them. <laughs> so that's the explanation why Lorene keeps winning. And Manaskin, yeah, they had, they had a good run. They had a good run. They have a big fan base. So that's also something we need to take in consideration because there were a lot of pages like calling out people vote for Manuskin, vote for Manuskin. And that happened. So I'm very curious to see where they will end next year. <laughs> because that's always a thingy. Is it is it in because it's a, a more recent song and then falls away? Because actually yeah, I've I've got the list this year's list up just now. Where is Shelko just now? Where's our former number one? He's, he's I not. think it's somewhere in number twenty, between twenty and thirty, if I'm correct, or okay. in thirty-one. So it's staying; it's still in there, and thereabouts. It's still yeah. got the legs, yeah, 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 yeah. It's still got it's still got a lot of people voting for it. But the thing is, I always say to people who are voting for the top two fifty, like this is a list that combines the votes for your all-time favorite song of Eurovision. And then you have to ask yourself the question, if you're going to give your 12 points to Manuskin, and nothing against Manuskin because I love them, watch them, I, I love the song, bought it, have it, sing it along, even though I speak Italian. But ask yourself the question, is that really the best Eurovision song in the entire history of Eurovision? So that's how I always 
tell people like if you vote vote for the song that you think is like the best song ever to come out of Eurovision and then ask yourself is it because I like the song from Manaskin this year but is it better than what happened 30 years ago like for example uh, we had uh, for a couple of years we had Nocturne at number 10 now she tumbled all the way down because we had a lot of 2021 songs uh, in the top 250 which is always the case so you're going to see next year the, 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 the songs from 2022 are going to enter the top 10 because, yeah, it's a public vote and people remember those votes. And we still, every year, Eurovision gains more and more fans. And those fans are getting younger and younger and younger. So they don't go that far back in time. They don't care about songs that were in the 80s. They don't care about uh, High from Ofra. Uh, they don't care about uh, Fly on the Wings of Love or Gina G met Uga just a little bit. They go like, oh no, we remember Manaskin. What's Eurovision again done? Because that's given the new fan base in the community a chance to go back and look at those older contests. And a number of those songs have been rediscovered again. Have you seen an impact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see that because those songs... Uh, gained a lot of places like uh, for example Dime by Beth uh, she came up in, in the top 10 this year because she was in Eurovision again <laughs> and you can see with a lot of with a lot of uh, contests that were broadcast by Eurovision again those songs really gained places there are uh, just a few songs that stay the same or dropped a few places but most of those songs all went up because people had them in their mind that's that's what happened. <laughs> well, there you. Go. What about this? What about the most recent two fifty? What what caught your eye in, in the in the rankings and the listings? Apart from the, the the battle between the top two, it's a fun list. It's a fun list, and what what I've noticed this year is that it was a big victory for Sweden <laughs> because there were like twenty five songs, twenty five Swedish songs were in the top two fifty which is a lot, like a lot. <laughs> so that's what I noticed. And one other thing that I noticed is that um, people intend to um, call out like, uh, you should vote for this, you should vote for that. And that is something that has been coming up in the most recent editions of the Top 250, that there are really like a call to vote for a song, like not particularly... <laughs> no offense, a good song, but just because a certain group of people like it and then they just ask people, like, vote for it, vote for it. I think, that, like, the perfect example this year. And not that I think it's a bad song, never going to say that, but we all know that Kruna from Nevena Bozovic, it ended up at uh, the 11th place, which everybody was in shock about because I remember I've... Uh, people know or people may not know, but on the 31st of December, it's me and my telephone in my hand and my computer. And I am just uh, from 11 in the morning until 11 in the 1145 in the evening. I am uh, watching on Twitter. I am posting tweets. I am acting. I am uh, socializing with the people. And I remember sitting at home and we are listening to number 12. And I said to my, to my boyfriend, Joel, I said like, Oh, hang on. Number 11 is going to come up. We're going to get a load of comments over us because people are going to think it's all fake and, and we are promoting that song. Um, but it's just, it's a public vote. 
like if 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 three you can see to the points like Kruna received 350 times uh, 315 times 12 points and then if you can if you look at the 10 8 9 uh, 7 6 it's way less but what happens if 315 people give 12 points to Nivena Bozovic we cannot tell them not to do that if those votes can be lead, can be can be tracked or traced down to like a real person which trust me we did because we thought it was very odd. So we took all the votes for Nevena and we really checked them. Like we're going to see, can we, can we link them to real people? And all those votes were valid votes. I can tell you normally she would have been at number six. If we took, if we didn't take out like the false votes and uh, robot voting, because we also get that like a, a couple uh, more than once because in the, Original voting, we had almost 10,000 votes. We had 9,700. And then uh, after filtering, we had 8,500. So there's a lot of fake votes that come in. And a lot of people that vote, and if they listen, we see you. If you vote more than once, we see that. And we only it's only fair to vote like once because otherwise everybody's going to send in like 10 different lists because... We get like the comment, yeah, it's so hard to choose. Yeah, I know. That's the fun thing about it. You have to choose your 10 favorites. We don't want to see you send in like 10 lists because then, yeah, it's only going to be the first one. We always get like messages from people telling us that we are not doing a good job and that we should be ashamed and that we promote like block voting and, and blah, blah, blah. So to those people, I just want to say like uh, we do the voting like fair and square. It's a public vote and we cannot tell you who you should vote for or who you should not vote for. If you call out, and I'm not going to promote it, but if you call out like to 500 people vote for Dustin the Turkey, well, then you're going to see Dustin the Turkey pop up in the top 10 next year. Why? Because those votes are valid. So in all those emails that are going, oh, this is terrible, which, which come on, don't, don't do that. You must have a lot of emails with lots of people going, this has been brilliant. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the thing that keep, keep, keeps me going because I'm always at, at the end of the evening. I'm always like, I get more uh, the day itself. I get more like bad emails, but it's only only always the day after. So on January first, I get the good emails. The bad emails always come at thirty first because people are go like, ah, it's Lorene again. Ah, it's such a such a stupid show. Why do we keep voting? Ah, you should do it better uh, next year. Find somebody else to do it. Um, but then on the 1st of January, we get like all the responses, like it was such a pleasure to listen to it again. It was so exciting. So the bad things, yeah, I, um, I, I learned how to deal with it. Uh, but in the beginning, it was like really harsh because people came. That's something that I've noticed since I've been organizing the top 250. The fandom of in the community can be very nice, but they can also be very nasty. That's the only word I can I can think of it right now. Like people can be very nasty because they just sit behind a computer and they can type anything they want. I'm not going to go and look for you. So people just type anything and they don't know that there's really people behind it. Given the strengths and ideals of the Eurovision Song Contest, it still shocks me that people don't take that on board and just go, you know what, we can all live together. All we're doing is listening to songs and going, I like this one better than that one. And it's an intensely personal and emotional experience. Just because your opinion doesn't match somebody else's opinion 
neither of those opinions are not valid. They're both just as strong as everybody else. And the ESC 250, for me, is a great collaborative effort. You guys put in so much work, and then everybody looks forward to it. And on the 31st of December, you see the love online. You see the love on Twitter and Facebook and the discussions. And yes, there are highs and there are lows. But at the end of the day, we all just love it. Yeah, that's that's how I think about it. Like, we should all just enjoy that top 250. And if your favorite is not where you want it to be, then just live and let live. Yeah, it's your favorite. It doesn't have to be like like I my uh, like Layla. They were somewhere between forty and fifty. I'm not gonna cry about it. I vote for it. So I'm I'm like it's still my favorite song. I love that song the most. But don't get mad if it doesn't end up at number one. Like that's that's something that I have to say. I didn't receive any bad comments from the Monoskin fans. They were all like, okay, so they came up in number two. That's good. That's good. It was just like, yeah, other people like, oh, why am I listening to Eurovision Top 250? Because it's always going to be Laureen. Well, that's something we don't know. Maybe this year there's a song that's going to pop up or people are not going to vote for Laureen as much as they wanted to. And it, it's it's going to it's gonna tumble down. It's not going to be, I can, I can assure you, it's not going to be there until the end of time. <laughs> it, it, it's it's going to change. <laughs> well, <clears throat> don't want to yeah. jinx it, but I'm, also, I'm always taking in consideration that it's going to be Laureen again. Why? Because like I discussed with There's you before. There's that support. Yeah, <clears throat> indeed. Obviously, the 250 kind of like goes into the background now till about, what, October, November? What, do you, what can we look forward to from you and your team on 2022? Well, I can give you an exclusive right now. Yeah. So um, as you know, um, we also are the organizers for the Barber Dex Award, which um, is something that people like, but have a lot to say about. We've been doing that for a couple of years and it's been around since uh, a long time, since uh, this year, it's going to be 25 years that it's around the Barbadex Award and something's going to happen with it. I'm not going to tell you too much and all will be told very soon. Uh, and the community is going to be involved as well. So we're going to make it like, uh, yeah, how do I have to say? It's going to change. It's time for a change. I mean, I'm going to cross my fingers and go, it's going to be something a bit more positive. That, that's, that's the thing that we always are trying to do, but that's so hard when you have uh, a brand that's already been there for so long. If you take over and if you want to change that, like, uh, for example, uh, from the moment that we took over the Barber Dex Award, there's this Wikipedia page and a lot of pages on the internet, which we can change ourselves. From the moment that we took over, we changed the description from the most ugly dressed, blah, blah, blah. We changed it to the most notable outfit. And it, somebody, I don't know who, keeps changing it back. It's also like a public thing, Wikipedia, so yeah. everybody can change it. So we've been trying to push it as far as we can. Like I've been on interviews on, 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 on TV, on, on radio, on podcasts, like saying like the Barbara Dex Award, we want to give it to the most notable outfit, not the ugliest because... That's so 1993, the ugliest outfit. We are living in 2021. We should make something positive about it. And we should award somebody for uh, being notable 
And that's why I was actually happy that Dix got the, the, the Barber Dix award last year because I didn't think his outfit was ugly, but I will remember it because it stood out. And that is something that we want to bring into the new Barber Dix award, uh, which maybe is not going to have that name again. We're going to change it into something positive this year and we're going to need the help from the community. So keep an eye out for on our social media and on our website because we're going to be posting about it very soon. And yeah, we're going to see what uh, the community is has to offer on that uh, on that note. Because that's what we are. We're a community. We build things. We list things. But at the end of the day, we just all go, this is a wonderful thing, the Eurovision Song Club. It is. Totally agree. The one thing that we actually all, we can nag and we can we can send bad emails. But if we go to the core... It's all about that one thing that all joins us together, and that's the Eurovision Song Contest. It is. Gunnar, thanks very much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, as always, you find out more at our website, www.eseinsight.com, and the usual socials, uh, songfestival.be, and the usual socials for you and your team. Yeah, it's going to be in Dutch, so <laughs> just a thing. But the good thing is, like, if we do like the top 250 in the Biobedex Award, we always have, like, if you go on our website, you can see these little three bars at the left side on top. Um, and if you click that, you can see like, uh, you can also choose like the English version of our website, uh, which we have like a couple of articles about the top 250 and the Barber Dex Award. So if we do something for international fans, we will always do that in English. Lovely. Gunnar, thanks very much. Uh, and you know what you get to do now? Can I have the guitars, please? This is Eurovision Chat Over Coffee, where it's hosted by you and Spence with Gunter Holmes. Find out more at www.esinsight.com, 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 and www.songfestival.be. Did I get it before the crash? <laughs>